You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert, and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am excited to be bringing you the first declutter with me style episode this year. But this episode is going to be a little bit different than the typical episodes in this series. So last year, I don't know, about midway through the year, I started this series called Declutter With Me. And each month we decluttered a different area in the home. I kind of just walked you through my biggest tips for that area and also just my mindset as I was decluttering that area in my home and just gave you a rundown of what that looked like for me. This year, we are going to do it a little bit differently because we are not gonna do it every single month. I just don't want to repeat the same areas over and over again every single year, although it's always different each time we come back to an area, of course. So we will do Declutter With Me episodes here and there, but today I kinda wanna kick off a new season, I guess, of Declutter With Me episodes. And I want to just do kind of an overview of my top tips for decluttering in 2024. If you want to declutter this year, whether that is maintenance decluttering or decluttering for the first time, doing like a whole house declutter, I'm going to bring you seven of my top tips for decluttering, things that have helped me, things that have changed my mindset along the way. And then I want to share what I'm decluttering this year. So I'm still going to bring you behind the scenes of my own decluttering, but this is more of like an overview of my best tips for decluttering and then what I plan to declutter this year myself. So if you want to go minimalish in 2024, especially when it comes to your home, this is a great episode to start with. When I started the year and was thinking about my goals for the year, On that list was a maintenance declutter. I knew I needed to do some kind of larger maintenance declutter this year. We moved into our home about a year ago, almost a year ago now, and that means that we've lived in this space for about a year, and we see what things work, what things don't with the way that we set it up the first time around, and also... We've done a year of life here. There are just things that need to get out of this house. And there are also things that need fully rearranged and reconfigured. But I thought I would start this right away. Like I thought I was going to be gung-ho, ready to go in January. And I'm going to admit to you right now that I did barely any decluttering in January. The main thing that I did in January is I dealt with the Christmas stuff. And specifically, we left a lot of the toys in the living room after Christmas for like the first few weeks of January and I needed that out of there. So I found new places in the playroom for our new things. I let go of a couple of things 
that were no longer fitting. We got rid of our kids' kitchen in January, which was a little bit sentimental, but it actually went to my oldest daughter's classroom. And my youngest daughter does not play with that thing. Maybe she would have if I would have left it around, but it was clunky and we have other things to play with. So we didn't need it. But anyways, my point in saying all of that is that January was not my month for decluttering. And if you have felt the same, like if you have this goal to declutter this year, but January, it just didn't work out. Your energy wasn't in it. It was not your month for decluttering. I am with you. We are still going to do it this year. We have plenty of time. We're going to get after it. And hopefully today's episode will give you a good starting point for that. Okay, before I dive into my seven tips I'm giving you today for decluttering, I do want to note that at the end of this episode, I have a fun announcement. So make sure you keep your ears out. I don't want to say keep your eyes out, but you're not watching, you're listening. Um, Just listen for that announcement at the end. Let's dive in. So my seven tips for decluttering, these are like my top tips. The first things I think to tell people as they are starting their journey. And the first of these is the first for a reason. I think it's important to work on your buying habits and focus on what you have control of when it comes to what comes into your home. Okay, so this has nothing to do with what is leaving your home, but rather as you're decluttering, whether it's the first time or the 20th time, right now, if you haven't done it already, work on your spending habits, work on the amount of stuff you bring into your home because we can declutter all that we want. But if we do not focus on changing the pace at which we bring stuff into our homes, then we're going to just have to keep decluttering over and over again. And that is not fun. That is frustrating. It feels like a vicious cycle. So How do we do that? Well, I had an episode just a couple of weeks ago. I will link it in the show notes. And we talked about kind of, you know, being conscious spenders, being conscious buyers in an influencer world where there's constantly new product recommendations being thrown at us. And that episode has some great tips on just buying less stuff and bringing less into your home. I also have another episode that I'll link from last year that kind of approaches the same topic. So those two episodes can help get you started. One tip that I like to give is to do a spending freeze or no spend challenge. And I'm not going to give the details of like how to do that here. You can easily research that and find plenty of information on the internet for a no spend challenge. But I usually like to recommend like two weeks to a month of some type of no spend challenge and your no spend items for that no spend challenge are going to be physical items. Like you're not really focused on this for your budget. In that case, you might be more restrictive. But if you're just focusing on changing your buying habits and just changing the pace at which you bring stuff into your home, then really all you need to do is limit the category of spending that would be anything physical that you're bringing into your home. So clothes, any excess clothes you don't need, toys for your kids, kitchen utensils, I don't know, not utensils, gadgets, I don't know, (laughs) home decor, things that you typically find yourself buying in excess. And they are going to be dependent on the person and what you like and what you find yourself tempted to buy, right? So 
put a spending freeze on bringing physical items into your home. And while you're doing that, start decluttering. And it will be a lot easier to declutter if you're not bringing more stuff into your home. So that's going to be like a short-term challenge, but also a long-term benefit of really working on shifting the rate at which you bring stuff into your home. And at the beginning of this tip, I said, focus on what you have control over when it comes to bringing stuff into your home. And that's because stuff gets brought into our home, not just by us. If you have other people that you live with, other people bring stuff into your home, right? If you have kids, they're going to bring stuff into your home from school, whether it's like school papers or whatever, whatever they might find and bring home. Um, they might be bringing stuff like little trinkets home from birthday parties. Uh, if you have people in your life that spoil your kids, like grandparents, they're going to be bringing stuff into your home too. You, If you have a, par- a partner or spouse, they're going to be bringing stuff into your house. But focus on what you have control over because that is going to be the least confrontational and also the easiest to control because it's you, right? You don't have to like try to control another person to make a change here. Can you have conversations with other people and deal, try to lessen the amount of stuff that comes into your home on those avenues as well? Of course. But I'm just recommending focusing on your own influx of stuff that you bring into your home on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever basis. If you haven't focused on that and focused on changing those habits already, that's going to make a huge difference in how you can live more minimalish within your home. Okay, my second tip is to work in zones and make a plan beforehand. So what this would look like when I say work in zones, I mean split your room up into different areas. And then as you plan out your decluttering, go area by area or zone by zone. Because if you just say, okay, I'm going to declutter my kitchen. The next question that might come up in your mind is where am I going to start? And that can be overwhelming. It can, depending on our personality, it can make us not even want to start or it can have us starting in one place and not knowing where to go next and just stopping in the middle of decluttering a room, right? which often results in more mess if we are stopping something mid-decluttering project. So zones are super helpful to kind of combat overwhelm with the process of decluttering. Also, if you like to declutter by taking everything out of a space first and seeing all of the items and then putting only back what you're going to keep, working in zones is a good idea. So you're not taking literally everything out of all the drawers and cupboards and whatever else in one room and sorting through it all at once. While that could have a major wow effect and help you really envision all that you actually have, I don't think that that is the most effective way to go through this process because that feels really overwhelming to me at least. I know my energy can change at the drop of a hat. I can run out of energy for decluttering at any point. And when I do, I truly need a break. And so if I'm taking a break and I've literally pulled out everything in that room and it's in the middle of the floor, that's really, that's just not a good place to be. And when I say work in zones and make a plan beforehand, I just mean create an action plan for your decluttering. And I actually have a template that you can use for this. It is part of my minimalish starter guide free resource that I have. I actually just updated that resource and I added my decluttering 
action plan to it, which this is a template that is just going to help you brainstorm and brain dump all the areas you have to declutter and then put those on a calendar so that you kind of have a schedule for decluttering set and planned out. So if you want that, that's at DesireeEndries.com slash make room. That's where you can find that free resource. Okay, my third tip is to think of decluttering like a house project. I don't think that's a revolutionary concept. I mean, decluttering is a house project, but a lot of times for me, decluttering and cleaning go more hand in hand in my brain than decluttering and like house project. So house project, I think of like remodeling or any work that is actually done to my house. And here is why if you're going through like a larger decluttering process, here's why I think thinking of it like a house project might be more helpful. Typically, when you're thinking of a house project, it's something that has an end point. So it is something that you are giving a focused frame of time to, to get that done. You don't want to live in the midst of a house with a million house projects going on for a long time. And I want us to think of decluttering like that because decluttering really can make our house more overwhelming during the process. We are taking stuff out of the nooks and crannies that they have been living in, out of the cupboards and drawers that they have been cluttering up, and we are taking it and putting it out in the open. And again, sometimes we lose steam. We need to take a break. We're leaving it out in the open. I don't want us to lose steam for like months because then we're, first of all, we are not accomplishing this goal that we had and we're not seeing the benefits and living with the benefits of it because we haven't completed it. But second, we might make more mess in the process. And so while it might take some longer to declutter than others, depending on how much time you can dedicate to it in a day, I still think it's really important to pick an endpoint, like as if you are doing a remodeling project to your home. So say I want to declutter this, this, and this area. I want to do it in a month. That's just an example. So you are saying, okay, my deadline is March 12th. That's just a random date that I picked. That's your end point for the decluttering that you want to do that you are thinking about right now. Okay, so if that is the point at which you want to finish up this house project of decluttering, then work backwards from there. How much time do you need to dedicate? How many days do you need to dedicate to this project to get it done by that point. Now that doesn't mean that if March 12th comes around and you're not finished that you failed. No, hopefully you've made some progress, but you can shift the timeline. That happens all the time with house projects, right? We're always shifting timelines. Things always take longer than we think that they're going to, especially when it comes to home remodeling. So that's why I love this idea of just thinking of decluttering like a house project. Now, maintenance decluttering, I do often think of more like house cleaning, which is an ongoing thing. It's something that I'm approaching more so on a weekly basis. And just like deep cleaning, there are times for deeper decluttering. But if you have a lot of decluttering to do, think of it as a house project instead of cleaning. Because this is not something we want to be doing forever. We want focused time to get this thing done. And that does go against, I think, what is talked about a lot of times with decluttering. A lot of people talk about it as doing it for like 15 to 20 minutes a day. 
And if you do it for 15 to 20 minutes a day and you have a lot of stuff, then it might be a really long timeline. And that's okay too. But personally, when I'm, when I know I have a lot to declutter, like I'm finding a way to dedicate a bunch of time to it so that I can get done quickly. It's just not something that I love to do. So I don't want to be doing it for 20, 15, 15 to 20 minutes every single day of my life until it finally one day is done. That's just my personal preference. All right, let's move forward. The fourth tip that I have is to not overthink things, especially when it comes to getting stuff out of your house. So don't overthink how you're going to get stuff out of your house and make trips to the donation center right away. I'm really bad at this, so do what I say, not as I do with this one. I have quite a few bags laying around that I need to take to Goodwill, but I just said Goodwill and some people don't like Goodwill. So some people are going to say you shouldn't take your stuff to Goodwill. Some people are going to say you shouldn't take your stuff here. You shouldn't take your stuff there. Some people are going to say if you just take it to any random donation center, then half of it's going to get thrown away anyways. If you have an overwhelming space right now, you're just overwhelming yourself more thinking of the perfect way to get it out of your house. There are plenty of great ways to donate and pass on items. Buy nothing groups are really great. Facebook Marketplace, selling things, great idea. Taking stuff to donation centers, also a great idea, even though certain people have their preferences of which donation centers they would take things to. You could take blankets to pet shelters. You could take um, unused toiletries to women's shelters. And I'm just saying these things, you'd obviously have to research your specific area to see if that would work in your area. Um, there's donation pickup through pickupplease.com. I think that's what it's called. It's associated with the Veterans Association. There's so many different ways to get stuff out of your house. If this is the first time you're decluttering, if you have a lot of stuff in your house, just get it out of your house. Sometimes that means throwing things away. Sometimes it means just taking stuff to Goodwill and hoping for the best, right? Hoping that someone can use your stuff, your unused stuff, and put it to use and it doesn't end up in the landfill. But sometimes we just have to say, the guilt that I feel that I'm just throwing this thing away or I'm just donating this and I don't know if it will then get thrown away, the guilt that I feel for that, I'm not going to let that hold me up in this process. I'm not going to let that make me keep things around my house and keep clutter in my house. I'm going to instead change the way that I bring stuff into my house. And that is what I'm going to put that guilt to use for. I'm going to use it to help me shift my habits in a positive way. But I'm not going to worry about getting stuff out of my house and hope it goes to the perfect place. Because again, that's just, that's overwhelming. And if you're already overwhelmed because of the amount of stuff in your house, let's not tack on more overwhelm to that. Let's not tack on a bunch of guilt to that, honestly. Let's just learn from it, learn from how we feel about the whole situation and move on and get the stuff out of your house the best way that you can right now. I mentioned all of these different ways that we could donate all of these different things. But when it comes to the first time you're decluttering, again, if you're overwhelmed, don't worry about all of that. If it would help to just take everything to one place, to a donation center, or if it would help to just trash unused toiletries because you know that a donation center cannot accept them, then do that this time around. As you maintenance declutter and you have more bandwidth for finding the best places 
to donate your things, then then we can approach that. But for now, if you're overwhelmed, just do less when it comes to getting stuff out of your house. I want to thank Paired for being a sponsor of today's episode. What makes you feel lucky in your relationship? Maybe this is a question that you are thinking about because it is February, a month where love is often a little bit further on the top of our minds. And it's a question that I was recently asked via an app that my husband and I have been using to grow closer together. The app is called Paired and it's a relationship app for couples. You and your partner download the app, you pair together, and every day Paired gives you questions, quizzes, and games to have fun, stay connected, and deepen your conversations. My husband and I have learned a lot about each other via Paired. We actually started using it at the beginning of last year, and we still love this app. It has mostly just opened the door to sharing the things we love about one another more often. It's simple and often hilarious. Each day you get a quiz or question to answer, and you cannot see your partner's answers until you answer yourself. One of the quizzes we were recently given was about knowing yourself, and it was interesting and somewhat funny to see the answers that we gave and the answers that we thought the other would give. No matter what the subject, you have to answer before you see your partner's answers, which I love because it just keeps us authentic with our answers. Whether you're just a few dates in or you've been together for a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to paired.com slash minimalish to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com slash minimalish to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Okay, tip number five is to create spatial boundaries. I love spatial boundaries. I think that they are the best way to figure out what to keep and what not to keep, especially when it comes to like storage, storing kids clothes for hand-me-downs for the next kid, um, baby items, whatever, other items you might want to store. Spatial boundaries really help with that, but they help for a lot of other things as well, like kids' toys, whatever it might be. The first and biggest spatial boundary to work with is the amount of space in your home. As you are decluttering, if you live in a small space, you're going to need to be more ruthless than if you have more space in your home. When it comes down to it, though, if you have, even if you have a ton of space in your home, having less stuff is still going to mean less time spent managing stuff, right? So spatial boundaries are really great because you your home will feel less cluttered if it's larger and you keep more stuff around than if it's smaller and you keep more stuff around. But when it comes down to it, less is better for the amount of time we need to spend managing our stuff anyways. But regardless, spatial boundaries help in that regard. If you have a lot of space for storage and you do want to keep hand-me-downs for your kids and you want to keep a lot of them because you have a lot of kids close in age, then you can, right? There, There's no reason not to. But if you have like no storage space and you're trying to figure out, okay, how much of this baby stuff should I keep? I think we might have another baby in a few years, but I'm not sure. Then think about your spatial boundaries. You have less space. So you need to work with the space that you have. Okay, can you acquire, reacquire baby stuff in the future if you need to? Yes. Can you reacquire it 
inexpensively? Yes, because there's plenty of baby stuff free or secondhand that is always available. I got rid of almost all of our baby stuff before we had our second kid and I acquired most of it free or secondhand. That's just one example. I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but the, the, the whole idea is let your space tell you how much you can and cannot keep. You have to work with your space. You have to work with the spatial boundaries that you have. And now another way to think of spatial boundaries is like containers. So if you have a kid that has trouble letting go of their toys, this is one example how we can use spatial boundaries. Or like if you have a kid that does a lot of crafts and doesn't want to throw stuff away, you can give them some type of container, whether it's a basket or a bin or maybe you have a shelf for toys or things like that. And you would say, okay, whatever fits in this space, you can keep, right? So pick your favorites. That concept is going to apply to whatever you need it to apply to, whether that is the amount of toys you keep in a living room and you keep them in a basket, or it is your own clothing and you want your clothing to fit actually nicely with space in your closet instead of shoved in there. Spatial boundaries are your friend and you can use them in pretty much any way that you want to to help you decide how much of an item that you want to keep. Okay, so I'm looking at my list and I realize that I just put number five and six together because number six is about working with your space. Like if you have less space, you might need to be more minimal and more ruthless in in your decluttering. Wow, if you have more space... You don't have to be as ruthless. I just said that (laughs) with the whole spatial boundaries tip. Those really do go hand in hand. But just as a reminder, I know I already said this, but I think it's so important to just have the mindset going into decluttering that less stuff is going to be less to manage. And if we can just put that mindset first, then it's not going to be as hard. It's not going to be as emotional to make decisions because we're going into it with kind of a why of just having less to manage, taking less time out of our life to manage stuff that we don't actually need or use. Okay, my last tip, which I, I think that I've said this one a few times throughout this list, but it really belongs in its own tip, and that is be ruthless. Be ruthless in your decluttering. If this is... If you're decluttering because you feel overwhelmed in your home, be ruthless. Because if you're not, if you're going into this and you're thinking like, maybe I'll get rid of a few things, I don't know how I'm going to feel, it's going to be really hard to let go of things, then you're already psyching yourself out before you even start. And you might make some progress, but it's amazing the difference of just being hesitant to let go of things versus being ruthless to let go of things. When we are ruthless and when we end up with a space that is just vastly different than what we started with, it makes such a difference and it starts to open our eyes to actually believing the things that we are putting in our head as we declutter, which is less stuff equals more time for the things that matter. Less stuff means less time managing stuff. And You know, we can say those things to ourselves, we can go in with that mindset, but only in the after effects of decluttering, if we're ruthless about it, are we going to see that that is true. And then once we see that it's true, it's going to get easier as we go. If you're ruthless in one room, 
you see the benefits, it'll be easier to be ruthless in the next room. There are a lot of emotional hangups that might come up along the way and that might make it hard to be ruthless. And I, I get that because I still struggle sometimes. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. From time to time, I still struggle to let things go that really have no business in taking up my time and being in my home. I know it's hard. And I know being ruthless might feel like it's not realistic to you. Err on the side of ruthlessness. Do as much as you can to get there. But as you start letting go of stuff, it does get easier and easier to let go of stuff because you'll see that all those excuses that might be in your mind, like, what if I need that? Or I might use it in a few months. Or it makes me sad to let go of that. Whatever excuses might be in your mind, as you let go of things, those excuses start to fall away. Decluttering something that you are thinking like, oh, but what if I need this? The act of decluttering, it might feel hard. It might hurt in that moment. But just doing it with even just a few things you feel that way about, you're going to see that, oh yeah, I actually didn't need that. You know, (laughs) this just freed up a lot of space and then it will be easier to get over that excuse in the future. All right, now I want to share what I am planning on decluttering this year. So my first big declutter of my home was back in 2018, early 2018, right around this time. So about six years ago, and I felt like we were pretty ruthless. But soon after we moved and we moved states and we took a very small moving truck with us. So we got rid of even more stuff. And I will say that it was easier to be ruthless with that second round of decluttering that came shortly after that first round because we did it the first time around. And even though we might not let have let go of everything we didn't need that first time, it was easier to let go of even more the second time. And since then, we've done a lot of maintenance decluttering. We've moved twice, two more times than that first move that I just talked about. And so we've done big declutters of our home again. We've done small maintenance decluttering. And right now we are about a year out from our last move. And hopefully that is literally our last move. I don't want to move anytime soon. And so we've been in our house for about a year. And when I look around my home right now, I do feel a little bit overwhelmed, depending on what room I'm in, pretty much in every room other than the main rooms in my house. Honestly, I, my house is a little bit overwhelming right now. I'm not going to lie. And that overwhelm that I feel does come from excess stuff a little bit here and there, but it also comes from just like being in a home for only a year and now kind of figuring out what ways that we set it up in the beginning are not working. They're just not working. And also we like don't have stuff on the walls yet. The home feels like ours, but also not quite. It doesn't feel decorated. We still don't have blinds like in some of the rooms. It's just, we've done a lot of like procrastinating on actually getting this home set the way that we wanted to just because I don't know, life gets busy and I have a lot of decision fatigue when it comes to just setting up a house and deciding what blinds or curtains I want or how I want to decorate it. A lot of problems making decisions in those areas. So that is where a lot of my overwhelm comes from with my home right now. But there's also some excess stuff and clutter hanging out in the corners. So here is where I am focusing my decluttering on in 
2024 at least at the beginning of 2024 who knows what later in the year will hold but I need to declutter my bathroom linen closet I need to declutter the kitchen cupboards I need to declutter my clothes especially clothes that I have in storage I do not keep all of my clothes out at once I only keep like the season that I'm actually wearing out but right now I have like quite a few excess t-shirts shoved in drawers and things I don't really wear and then I do have like two bins of clothing storage which I have ruthlessly decluttered my clothes so many times and I don't feel overwhelmed by the clothes that I actually have out and hanging up in my closet but it's just the fact that my body has changed so much from having kids and from my last pregnancy I did get rid of most of my maternity clothes but I have like the clothes that fit me before that pregnancy stored away. Some of them I just don't even want anymore. Some of them I might want. I don't even know if they fit me, who knows. I just have two storage bins of clothes that need some attention. And even though they are just in storage bins and we have plenty of storage space in our home, they still kind of, I don't know, they, they still take up mental space for me. Like I know they're there, Sometimes when I'm looking for something to wear and the clothes I have out are not doing it, I like look through that bin and then sometimes I even go back to feeling bad about myself because I don't fit into them anymore. So I, I do need to deal with those clothes. Anyways, the last thing, which kind of goes along with I, what I just said, is storage and how our storage is configured. So we do have some things in storage in my basement, like some decorations we don't keep a lot of seasonal decorations but that's just one example we probably have like a handful of bins of just kids hand-me-down clothes and I don't know um like sentimental items memory boxes like things that we want to keep and I did go through that storage but it's just not it's like haphazard the way that things are set up in my basement it's in different places in my basement it's it's stressing me out so I need to deal with that whether I need to go through it all or not I don't know but I need to figure out how to organize it better and where I want to actually keep it in my basement because my basement it's not a typical basement like there's windows it can be an actual useful space it's where I'm podcasting from right now but it's kind of messy and it stresses me out so Those are the places that I'm going to be decluttering this year. And I want to invite you to declutter with me in March. So it's February. It's getting close to mid-February already, which is crazy. Um, But in March, we are going to do a two-week maintenance decluttering challenge. But I don't just want to invite you to declutter with me in March. I'm excited about that. I want to invite you to go minimalish with me in several different ways this year via the Minimalish Collective. So this is a new thing. I'm very excited about it. And I have been working on this for, I don't know, since October of last year. I've been dreaming this up. And it's something that I've been actually planning since that time. But I've been thinking about this for way longer than that. The Minimalist Collective is a community where we're going to work in bi-monthly focuses. So two months at a time, we are going to focus on kind of one topic. So we're starting out strong, focusing on minimalism for our stuff, and we are going to do a two-week maintenance decluttering challenge. But if you need to start off decluttering your home, like it's still a really great place for you to start, even if you're not quite to that maintenance spot yet. 
I'll be doing maintenance decluttering, but you can do whatever decluttering you want to do. And what's going to happen with these bi-monthly focuses? What's going to happen is for the first month, you'll get a workbook, you'll get two bonus podcast episodes that are going to be specific to the topic that we're talking about. So it's going to be a little bit more like behind the scenes. I will share what things look like for me, what my journey is looking like in that specific focus. And then I'll also be sharing like more teaching focused content as well, all on that bi-monthly focus. So if we are talking about maintenance decluttering, then those two bonus episodes will be on maintenance decluttering. Along with that workbook, we're going to do a challenge in the first month of the bi-monthly focus. Then in the second month, we will be focusing on doing a related book club. And there will also be two more bonus podcast episodes. Every single month, there will be two bonus podcast episodes. It's actually its own little private podcast that you'll get as a member of the Minimalish Collective. It's called Minimalish Plus Coffee because it's going to be just more relaxed, more behind the scenes, and it'll feel like we're having coffee together. At least I hope so. And again, the subject on those bonus podcast episodes will typically have a lot to do with the focus that we're currently working on. So again, in March and April, we'll be focusing on decluttering. We'll be focusing on maintenance decluttering, and we are going to be reading for our book club in April, Organizing for the Rest of Us by Dana K. White. So why am I telling you all of this right now? It's because I am soft launching this. I'm opening up the doors right now, today, in mid-February, because I want to get some intro content out to you. I have a couple of intro bonus podcast episodes that aren't going to fit in March whenever we are focusing in on maintenance decluttering. Other things that we'll get as part of this community, we are going to have discussion threads on minimalish podcast episodes, and you'll get a say in what books we're reading and what our bi-monthly focuses are going to be. February's focus is intro month, and I'm very excited about that as well. The first podcast episodes will be fun ones just focused on what I'm currently simplifying, what I'm learning, what I'm loving right now, and also just my heart behind this community and what I want for this community. So if you love Minimalish, if you are looking for a couple more episodes each month, if you want accountability, if you want resources to help you walk towards a Minimalish and intentional life, I hope that you join me. I am making this as affordable as I possibly can while also trying to support myself and the time that I'm giving to it. But it's equivalent to the price of a latte at your local coffee shop. And I am just really excited to hopefully make this accessible to everyone that wants it. And more than anything, I'm just really excited to dive deeper together. If you want to know more about the Minimalish Collective, it is going to be held on Patreon. So if you're familiar with that platform, that's where we are kind of making our home base. So you can head to patreon.com slash minimalish to join me in the Minimalish Collective. All right, friend. Thank you so much for being here. I hope these tips helped you in your decluttering journey this year. I hope you join me and we can declutter together in the Minimalish Collective. That will be really fun. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. 
If you enjoyed this episode, will you share it with a friend or share it on social media, wherever you like to share things? That is so helpful to getting more eyes and ears on the show. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. I'm always grateful for you. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.